First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything, in what? Everything. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will in Christ Jesus. Now, once in a while, I have people come up to me and say, Pastor, Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? Well, that is easier said than done, right? Particularly in this season of coronavirus. I'm John Geiger. This is Moody Presents. And it's a different kind of a Thanksgiving season that we're entering into, isn't it? You think about the fact that uh, every 13 seconds, there is one divorce in America. Or that more than one in six Americans take an antidepressant or a sedative. In fact, Americans are taking 34% more anxiety meds since coronavirus broke out. Wow. And all of that with our own personal troubles and trials, right? Uh, Locked up at home so much of the time. So how do we get into the Thanksgiving zone? How can we move from, from our own personal troubles to the idea of a biblical state of Thanksgiving? That's where we're headed today on Moody Presents with our teacher, Dr. Mark Job, president of the Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church. I'm John Geiger, inviting you to open your Bible to Colossians chapter 3. We're looking at verses 15 through 17 in part one of the Thanksgiving Zone. Here's Pastor Mark. I have a message for you today that I'm excited about. Uh, I'm talking about the Thanksgiving Zone. The Thanksgiving Zone. I don't know about you, but these days it seems like Every time you turn on the news, there's one more tragedy happening, uh, one more shooting, violence, death, disruption. There's, our country is in a very challenging time. And there's a lot of people in pain. There's a lot of disruption. There's change that's happening. Uh, just this past week, of course, there was the hurricane that hit in the midst of this that hit Texas, and so I feel like there's a lot of people that are at a higher level of stress and anxiety, and our social isolation has exasperated that. In fact, recently I uh, was reading an article by, put out by a doctor from John Hopkins University about the effects of isolation on people. And I want you to hear this because this is very interesting. Uh, This article said that social isolation has been associated with significantly increased risk of premature mortality from all causes. In other words, people that are isolated die younger. When we're isolated from community, the effect is that it has a detrimental effect on our health. The report found including 50% increased risk of developing dementia when you're isolated, 29% increase in risk of uh, coronary uh, heart disease, in other words, 29% higher heart attacks when you're isolated, 25% increased risk for cancer, 32% increase for stroke, and mental health risks are also profound. The researchers reviewed dozens of studies and found a consistent relationship between social isolation, depression, anxiety, and suicidal ideation. So let me say this. Many of you have been forced into an isolation that you did not expect. You have uh, had to pull away from family members, friends, 
church. You haven't been able to have the birthday parties like you normally do, weddings, funerals, school, work. And I want to acknowledge that this has had a very severe effect on a lot of people. And some of you are getting sick like you've never gotten before. And I don't know about you, but it feels like I've done a lot of funerals lately or been to a lot of funerals. And so I believe that God has given us a solution to fight against some of the effects of isolation on our life, even though maybe the circumstances haven't changed. I believe that God has given us a powerful solution in the Word of God to help break away from this. And by the way, let me say that people that are isolated, even people that are isolated in the body of Christ, they start asking questions like, do people care about me? Because when there's distance, there's questions. Do I really belong to this community? Uh, communication breaks down more. Misunderstandings increase more. And people start questioning their future together. So if any of that has happened to you, I want to encourage you today. You do belong. And I believe that God has a word for you. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that those that are listening to my voice today and maybe struggling during this season of disruption. I pray that this message would encourage their heart. I pray, Father, that in the power of your Holy Spirit that you would create a zone that allows them to push away the effects of isolation, God, and that your Spirit, O Lord, would minister encouragement to them even right now. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3. We will be looking at verses 15 through 17. And let me start by reading this passage, a very, very powerful passage. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 15, says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Verse 16, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, spiritual songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Word of the Lord. So, if you have been struggling with stress, if you've lost some of your joy, if you feel disoriented, if you feel like your body's more sickly right now, I believe that God has given us a remedy, uh, a, a, a remedy to combat some of those uh, maladies that affect our lives. And I believe it's a powerful weapon in the spiritual world that God has given us, and I, I want you to embrace it. So, three times in this passage, we are told uh, to give thanks. And I believe that thanksgiving is connected to our peace, to his presence, and to our purpose. So, let's jump into this. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Thanksgiving helps you maintain your relational peace. He says... Let the peace of Christ, 
By the way, let me say that peace of Christ is more than just natural peace. If you are floating in a pool in 82 degree weather in Florida, you may be floating in that pool and you say, oh, this is so peaceful with classical music in the background. And that's a kind of peace, but that's a circumstantial peace. The kind of peace that we're talking about right here is the peace of Christ. That is not a circumstantial peace. That is a supernatural peace. That is a spiritual peace. Not depending on your circumstances, this is a peace that depends on your relationship with God. So he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And this word rule is an interesting word because it actually has the connotation of let the peace of God be the umpire or the decision maker in your life. It's it's a very specific word that means uh, let the peace be the umpire, the the one that makes decisions in your life. And so what, what, what the Apostle Paul is telling us is let the supernatural peace of Christ be the one that helps you in your decision-making process in life. Let he be the one that rule over your emotions. Uh, A judge makes a ruling. An umpire makes a ruling. He calls the shots, foul ball or good ball. Uh, He's able to call. So when when we're stressed out, when we have circumstances that overwhelm us, the peace of God calls it out and says, um, his grace is bigger than that. Uh, the blood of Jesus has covered that. He, he, he calls it out. He rules over our emotions and over our hearts. Uh, let him rule in your hearts, he says, since as members of one body, now he's talking about the people of God, we are connected to a community. And how are we connected to each other? Uh, the church was birthed in the, on the day of Pentecost. Uh, most scholars believe that the church was born on the day of Pentecost. Why? Because it was on the day of Pentecost that the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit is our wireless connection to one another. We are one body. Jesus is the head. We are connected to one another via the Holy Spirit. We all have gifts And we are connected to each other and meant to encourage and instruct and rebuke and love and care for one another as the prompting of the Holy Spirit knits it all together. So he says, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. That's our calling. And then it says something very interesting. In the midst of this, he says, and be thankful. Now, this is the common thread that's found in this passage. And and 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, In everything, and what? Everything. In everything, give thanks. For this is God's will in Christ Jesus. Now, once in a while, I have people come up to me and say, Pastor, Pastor, what's the will of God for my life? And I always say, you need to start with what you know. And here's what I do know, that it is God's will for you 
to have an attitude of thanksgiving in everything. Do you got that? In everything. That means no matter, even in social isolation, even in the midst of COVID-19, in the midst of a recession, in the midst of social unrest, in the midst of some violence around us, God says, my will, what is his will? His perfect will is that we give thanks in everything. So, what's this mean? Well, when the peace of God and when we're operating in thanksgiving, the peace of God acts like an umpire when there's anger, envy, passions arise, and it restrains us. And thanksgiving does something powerful in our lives, by the way. Um, I read to you what isolation does to us. Some of the doctors told us the detrimental effects of isolation. But, you know, studies have been done also about thanksgiving and the effects, secular studies. For example, Uh, One study that was done by a psychologist in the University of California says this, dozens of studies have found that gratitude can improve well-being, can even help people curve depression and anxiety, improve cholesterol, hello, and get better sleep. Wow. What is that, a medication? No, it's the power of thanksgiving. Now notice, I read earlier that that doctors say that social isolation causes depression, causes sickness. The antidote to to some of this, if we can't get together yet and life can't go back to normal yet, the antidote to this is the power of thanksgiving. Uh, Another uh, psychologist at Eastern Washington University He says, grateful people engage in more exercise, have better dietary behavior, are less likely to smoke and abuse alcohol. Many studies have shown that grateful people tend to be happier overall. Come on. A psychologist is discovering this, but God has stated a long time ago that in everything we are to give thanks. In other words, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a believer, then your natural default mode, your natural default mode should be the attitude of thanksgiving. In other words, thanksgiving is a positive focus on what is going well and a grateful spirit that honors the person that makes it go well, and that is God himself. So a a, a spirit of thanksgiving is saying, yeah, I know I'm in the middle of COVID, but thank you, Lord, that I'm still breathing, and thank you, Lord, that I'm still well. Thank you that I have a roof over my head, and thank you that you're in control, God. Thank you that the sun is shining. I may not be in Florida right now, but hey, it's hot down in Florida. I'm in Chicago. Thank you, Lord. It's a spirit that says, I'm going to be content. I'm going to focus on what's going well because my God is in control, and he sits upon the throne. You're listening to Moody Presents in this first of a special two-part Thanksgiving message titled The Thanksgiving Zone. That is appropriate for this year with all of its fears and uncertainty, right? We invite you to visit our website where you can hear today's message again. Maybe uh, you missed part of it or there's a friend that you know would like to hear it. You'll find it at moodypresents.org. moodypresents.org. Now back to today's message with our teacher, Dr. Mark Job. So, that's the first thing I want you to understand. 
not only does it help maintain relational peace, and, and, and by the way, uh, when we are thankful, we're less crabby, less grouchy, less critical, and less cynical. Uh, how many of you have found yourself a little bit more harder to get along with these days? The stress, the pressure has made some people more crabbier, more critical. Uh, I see people snapping more rapidly. I've seen people get into a lot of uh, social media arguments. It seems like there's a lot of volatility right now. And um, grateful, thankful people, it it uh, helps diffuse the critical, the uh, negative, uh, because when you're grateful and thankful, there's a positive sense of God is at work and I'm grateful for what God is doing. And so it, it helps, it oils our relationships and helps our relationships move forward. Secondly, what we learn is that thanksgiving helps maintain spiritual renewal. Look at what it says in verse 16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from the Spirit, singing to God, here it goes, this translation says, with gratitude in your hearts. So not only does Thanksgiving help our relational peace with other people, but Thanksgiving also helps us maintain our spiritual renewal. The Apostle Paul is telling them, hey, the message of Christ needs to dwell in you richly. I I love that expression, by the way. Uh, The message of Christ shouldn't just be salted on us. It should dwell within us richly, powerfully. It should saturate every part of our being, every fiber of our body, Every neuron in our brain should be saturated with the message of Christ because we are followers of Jesus. And as we are richly saturated with the message of Christ, what does that mean? The good news that we are forgiven, that we are sons and daughters of the Most High God, that He has a purpose and a plan for our life, that He reigns sovereign. And when we're saturated with the Word and the message of Christ, then what happens is that we have opportunities to teach and to encourage and to uh, worship God through psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, and sing and with gratitude to God. In other words, when we are richly saturated with the message of Christ, and there's a spirit of thanksgiving, then it overflows in spiritual renewal in our lives. I love that it says, singing to God with gratitude. This translation says, with gratitude in our hearts. Actually, the word used there for gratitude is the word charis, which is the word for grace with unmerited grace and favor in our lives that causes us to be grateful to God. Um, it's, it's a powerful expression here. And, um, and, and I, I just want to remind you that all throughout Scripture, people that are full of the Spirit of God are people that overflow in a spirit of praise and thanksgiving often. I believe that gratitude and thanksgiving 
should be the attitude of believers. If there hasn't been thanksgiving coming out of your lips recently, then I'm gonna tell you something. You're not walking in the spirit. If you have become critical, disgruntled, unhappy, joyless, negative, viewing the world through a dark lens, then you have allowed the enemy to distort the vision of reality because God is in control, and when God is in control, there is something to be thankful for. Uh, listen to what it tells us in Psalms chapter 28, verse 7. It says, the Lord is my strength and my shield. Yes, my heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exults, and with my song, I shall thank him. Why? Because he is my strength and my shield. Psalm 69 verse 30 says this, I will praise the name of the Lord with song and shall magnify him with thanksgiving. In other words, when I'm singing, I'm gonna magnify God with thanksgiving. I'm gonna bless him and tell him what I'm grateful for. Psalms 95 verse one through six says, O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord and let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. There it goes again. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms for the Lord is a great God and a great king above all other gods. Here's what I'm telling you believers. I want you to know that in this time of stress, this time of social isolation, God has given us the zone of thanksgiving to combat the uh, pressure, anxiety, stress, uh, illnesses of isolation. He's given us the power of thanksgiving to combat the circumstances that we're facing now. And then lastly, not only does it help us maintain relational peace, it helps us maintain spiritual renewal, but finally, it helps us to live on purpose as well verse 17 says this, and whatever you do, say whatever. Okay, now I, usually when my, you know, when my daughter was a teenager and she said whatever, it came with the rolling of the eyes. I'm like, no, don't tell me whatever. So, but, but in this case, I'll allow you to say it. And whatever you do, that means it doesn't matter if you're washing dishes, changing a tire like I had to do this past week, uh, working at a job, on a Zoom call, driving in Chicago traffic, help me Jesus. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, in other words, whether it's something that you're speaking or whether it's something that you're actually doing in action, listen, he says, do it all, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Whatever we do, from the moment we get up in the morning to the moment we go to bed at night, we should have this mentality that says, I'm doing everything today in Jesus' name. I'm driving in Jesus' name. I'm eating breakfast in Jesus' name. I'm talking to my wife in Jesus' name. I'm doing my work in Jesus' name. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, exercising in Jesus' name. Listen, if you can't do it in Jesus' name, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Have you ever thought about that? 
If you can't do it in Jesus' name, you can't be doing it. You can't, you can't say, I'm cussing in Jesus' name. No, no, that, that doesn't work. I'm getting drunk in Jesus' name. No, 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 you can't do that. You can do a lot in Jesus' name, but if you can't do it in Jesus' name, you probably shouldn't be doing it. And this is what he says. Do it all in the name of Lord, Lord Jesus, giving, th- here it goes again, giving thanks to God the Father through him, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I'm going to bless the Lord instead of cursing, complaining, being critical. What happens is when we embrace an attitude of thanksgiving on a regular basis, it starts to smooth out our relationships because when you're thankful, you even start to look at people differently. Dr. Mark Job with part one of his message, The Thanksgiving Zone. And there's more to cover next week. You know, I want to encourage you as you're, you're thinking about your own situation, your own family, your own status in life right now in the middle of coronavirus, to make an effort to be thankful. It's true. There's always somebody that you can look at who has a whole lot less than you, has it a whole lot worse than you. And as we're about to discover next week, Thanksgiving will help you live on purpose. So there are a lot of benefits to uh, tracking with this idea of Thanksgiving. It's not just a lightweight kind of thing. I invite you to visit our website, moodypresents.org. You can hear today's message again, share it with a friend, and also a button there that you can click to give to support this ministry. We'd appreciate that and be ever thankful for your gift too at moodypresents.org. I'm John Geiger saying thanks for listening and inviting you back for part two of The Thanksgiving Zone. That's next time on Moody Presents, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.